Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, man, that's pretty clear. All right. All right, brother. So let's pray real quick, and then we'll get right into this. Uh, dear Jesus, uh, please help Elijah and I on this program. Lord, it's just to encourage others and, uh, and what we've got from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and pray, brother. Amen. Yes, dear Holy Father, be with us today, Lord. Allow us to... Uh, the, the talk about your word, Lord, in the way that it was meant to be talked about and allow, allow us to understand it in the way that it was meant to be understood, Lord. I pray, Lord, just send your spirit to be with us and be over this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, bro, I know that thanks to Brother Tom, you know, he was like, okay, you know, for unbelievers, you know, have them read the book of John. And then you basically like, oh, man, you know, this is interesting. Let me get into John. And you're pretty much in John chapter 7. Right? right and so i know you just went over john chapter 4 so this is a pretty interesting chapter john chapter 4 i love it so this is when jesus was traveling and he said uh let's do verse 5 it says then cometh he a city to a city of samaria which is called sikar near to the parcel of ground that jacob gave to his son joseph now jacob will was there jesus therefore being wearied with his journey that's Jesus' humanity is showing, you know, he's 100% God, 100% man at the same time. That's right. Sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Like, before that, dude, it was pretty cool. Jesus is like, I must needs, in verse 4 of chapter of John 4, he must needs go through Samaria. He wanted to go witness to the Samaritan people. And he started with this woman. And as you know, the Samaritans were hated. I mean, the Jews hated the Samaritans. They don't have any dealings with them. You know, there, it was basically racism straight up. Right. And right. Um, the, it, why I think the Samaritans were hated, Elijah, it was like they were a previous occupant of Israel when Israel was doing wrong and they got kicked out and they got sent to into captivity. It's kind of mm-hmm. like um, Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, didn't, Jonah didn't want to witness to the Ninevites because according to history, he actually fought the Ninevites. He was a military right. man. Right. And plus they were crazy. Brother Tom did a study on it. They had a bunch of chopped up skulls right in front of the gate. You ever seen that movie called Apocalypto? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. Yeah, it's a bunch of Indians killing each other out in the wilderness, uh, in the jungle somewhere, chopping each other's heads off, blood squirting over the place. Well, that that's kind of how it was, right? They had tons of skulls piled up in, in, in front of Nineveh. And, and, you know, and they also had uh, on the gates... Because according to history, uh, Tammuz founded the city. They had like uh, um, the you ever seen uh, Cupid? No, I haven't. I'll be honest, Darren. I don't. <laughs> I don't watch a whole lot of TV, man. So you gotta <laughs> educate me. That's <laughs> no, okay. But anyway, Cupid, Cupid is basically a, de- a depiction of Nimrod, and they had a lot of that stuff on the gate of of, of Nineveh because they, you know, they were, they were basically worshiping Nimrod. And you remember that idiot from the book from from Genesis. Right, he, he his attributes. These right. The reason why in history and, and through mythology, you'll see some dude a half human being on top, and then a half animal looking thing on the bottom, like a horse leg. Right. It's a depiction of Nimrod being a horse breaker. And then you see, the, have you ever seen the ones where like they have a like a animal, a, a man looking thing on top, and then on the bottom is a horse, and he's shooting a bow and arrow. Yes. Yeah. 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 And his body, even uh, his upper body, is uh, on there too of a man. And the the legs and even and stuff like that as a horse. Yeah, I've, I've seen those. Yeah, he was a horse breaker. That's what he did. 
mm. right? So that was his attribute. So they they worshipped him basically and stuck that stuff on his uh, on their on their uh, gates. Man, they're they're absolutely crazy. But anyway, if you go to Second Second King chapter seventeen, King seventeen, right? And so this is when the king of Assyria. Uh, this is when Israel had went into captivity for the foolishness. All right, got, they got punished. Right, and it says in verse twenty four. Yeah, so let me do um, 23. So was Israel carried away out of their own land into Assyria unto this day. Wow. So they, they did wrong, and God uh, had another country punish them and put them in captivity. Now, this is so interesting. And this is basically how, as you know, bro, the Samaritan people are half Jewish, half Gentile. But this is how it, I believe it came about. In verse 24, it says, And the king of Assyria brought men from Babylon and from Kutha, and from Ava, and from Hamath, and from, I cannot say this word, bro, <laughs> Sephar, Vaim, and placed him in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in the cities thereof. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord. So these, these people that came from Babylon, they're a bunch of idiots, man. They're wicked. Therefore, so the Lord punished them too. Therefore, the Lord sent lines among them, which slew some of them. Good grief, man. It was kind of like that movie with Idris Elba. And those two lions were fight. Have you seen that movie? I No, man. No, I haven't. I haven't. Man, that, that movie was so unrealistic, man. Idris Elba fighting two lions. He should have been dead. But anyway, Marissa liked that movie, though. Yeah, that, that's what? crazy, man. That's crazy. Men fighting animals. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Especially a lion. Nah, I mean, I can't. nah, there's no way I can fight a lion, you know. Unless I was Wolverine or something. <laughs> Verse 26. Wherefore they spake to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which thou hast removed and placed in the cities of Samaria, know not the manner of the God of the land. So they, they recognize there's God. There's a God out there, a real God. Right. And then they say this. Therefore he had set lines among them. Interesting that these wicked people recognize that God is punishing them. Right. Right. And behold, they slay them because they know not the manner of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria, he does a wise thing. He commanded saying, carry thither one of the priests whom he brought from thence and let them go and dwell there and let them teach the manner of the God of the land. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So basically, so one of the Israelites that got put in captivity, the king of Assyria brought one of them back to teach the Babylonians how to serve God. And it says here, and let them go down and dwell there, there and let them teach them the manner of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should for the Lord. And the rest of the story goes on where they learned how to do that. And uh, God basically took it easy on them. But basically, that's that's how the Samaritans of this time period in John 4, I believe, came out into um into being these people were part jewish part gentile and the jews hated them okay yes. and, and and god never meant that to be really you know to, to be hating on these people so jesus is teaching you know people like peter or something here that hey look i must needs go to samaria because i got a witness to these gentiles because you remember you remember when he said hey look um uh Every every person from the east and from the west shall dwell in Jacob's tent. Remember that? Uh, Jacob and Israel, that word is used interchangeably because, you know, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. God did it. Right. You know, God changed his name. Yep. So what? 
after wrestling with him yeah yeah for like 12 hours dude mm -hmm. the last time i wrestled i was so out of shape man i thought i was gonna die you know what went through my mind i said how did jacob do this forever i was like we get this man i would have been like god i quit you know yeah I so mean, he was really desperate for god to bless him so that just shows the amount of uh yeah, like how how much he really really was seeking, you know, after God to bless him, especially after we know what he did with his brother Esau. So he had he had a lot going on, man, and shoot, <laughs> he needed that blessing <laughs> for real. He was scared out of his mind because he was like, he sent his messengers out, and they're like, "Hey, yo, Jacob, um, yeah, your brother's coming to meet you." And by the way, he has four hundred men coming with him. He's like, "Oh my goodness!" He's like. Oh, about to die. So he was really scared. Can you imagine if you were him and you got work 400 men? And honestly, this is just my opinion. I could be totally wrong about this, right? When I used to read that, I actually thought that Esau forgot about the whole thing and got over it. I, I really thought that, right? So this is my opinion. When Jacob said, uh, I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. I looked up that word preserved. It basically means to rescue from danger. Right. And I was thinking maybe Esau didn't forget about it until, hold on one second. I'm getting heartburn from that delicious food my wife cooked. So anyway, I'm thinking maybe that's when God changed Esau's mind because he's okay. God said he's going to bless me. Now my life is preserved. Maybe God changed Esau's mind right then and there. We don't, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Maybe he forgot about it. Years went by. Or when it says that God blessed him, God changed Esau's mind right there. We don't know. I don't know. And then they wept. Right? It's kind of like, man, you know, you know, I, I, I guess they were pretty emotional because when Jacob saw um, his wife, Rachel, or his future wife, Rachel, he wept, right? So she must have been one fine babe. You know, he's like, oh, my goodness, this lady's fine. You know, that's why he cried like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, know. <laughs> you know, or, you know, maybe Esau was like, man, I, I, I can't believe at one point I promised to kill my brother. And, and you know, the emotion like, man, and they and they, they embrace and hug. So we don't know, man. It's just my opinion. I could be totally wrong, but I always wondered about that. But uh, let me see here. So anyway, John 4, now throughout the whole Bible, we have many verses from God, amen, that 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 really show that once saved, always saved, right? So I'll just um, read it off, right? And bro, you know, I, I'm going to read it off and I'll ask you what you got out of it because I know that you, um, you read John chapter 4 and we'll go through it. But you can see how God offers eternal life to those that ask him for it. So I'll go ahead and read it off real quick. So John chapter four, we'll do 10. Uh, no, we'll do eight. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him. That, now this is when Jesus had already asked uh, the Samaritan woman to uh, give me drink. And uh, I like how Jesus does that because a lot of times when you're sowing and witnessing, you do have to break the ice um, with these people. You, you can't just go up to them out of nowhere sometimes. You know, sometimes you do have to break the ice. And I like this approach to say, hey, give me a drink. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? She's like, oh, this is peculiar. I mean, I, I'm sorry, this is different. 
For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And I already went, why, you know, the reason why. Wow, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that say it to thee. So he's like, if you knew who you were talking to right now, okay, give mm -hmm. me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. What what, mm -hmm. what I find fascinating about this is um, any person can approach Jesus Christ and ask for this living water. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your past. If you believe and ask, Jesus will give it to you. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? She was, I believe, this is my opinion again, that she was pretty sarcastic. Like, yo, you know, first of all, why are you talking to me? Number two, there's, I mean, we're, you don't have nothing to take the water out of it. What are you talking about? Like, what are you talking you know, and like, then she's yes, really thrown off. Yeah, what are you about to say? Completely, yeah, completely thrown off. It didn't make sense, but that's as we know, that's how God is. He don't right. make sense to us because He don't think how we think. Right. And, and His ways are not our ways. So yeah, it it makes sense. Jesus knew what He was doing, but the woman had no idea. Man. Amen. And it's, and she says, "Art thou greater than our father Jacob?" So once again, she's part Jewish, you know. Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever, now that's anybody. Now, you ever heard of John Calvin? That sounds familiar. I don't know exactly what he did, but that sounds familiar. Have you ever heard of Calvinism? Uh, that, sound, that term sounds familiar, but I, yeah, you, you have to educate me. Bro, be very careful with those weirdos, man. Right? They're they're probably gonna listen to this program and attack us. But the Calvinists believe that Jesus picks and chooses who he wants to get saved. All right. And you and I both know that's a bunch of nonsense, right? Because right here in verse 13, it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Who so by the way, if you look at the history of John Calvin, he was a wicked dude, man. He he there was a guy following him, according to history, there was a guy following him around interested in his sermons. Okay, and because he didn't believe, because this guy that was listening to John Calvin didn't believe like he did, he actually had the guy burnt at the stake. Wow! He, I, I, and there's so many people out there that call themselves Calvinist. Okay, right. So why why would you want to call yourself a Calvinist, knowing that the so-called leader of Calvinism was a very bad dude? He he really was. You know, it would be best to be remembered as a Christian, a follower of Christ. As you know, bro, we're called Christian at Antioch. Why? Because the disciples, you see, Jesus said, if you do what I tell you, you're my, ye are my disciples indeed. You know, that's what his disciple is. So because the disciple in those days were doing what Christ commanded them, it reminded the lost of Christ. And it was kind of a derogatory term too, you know. They were like, you know what? You guys act like Jesus Christ. So they call them Christians. It was given to them by the lost. Okay. So, you know, you get a guy out there. Yeah, I'm a Christian. But, I, you know, every Friday I get lit. As they say, basically means to get drunk. Right? right? I mean, well, you're not a Christian. Well, first of all, man, I don't think you get saved for that matter. But take, for instance, you do have a person that's really saved for real. But he's just a backslidden individual. In that particular moment, you're not a Christian. You're not following Christ. You're not Christ-like. You're carnal. If you know you're a carnal person, 
okay right so, so i don't know i don't I, I really don't know why you would call yourself a calvinist knowing that the leader of that was a pretty bad dude our lord jesus christ there is no wickedness in him so i'm proud to be called a christian not calvinist you know so anyway it says whosoever that means anyone drinketh of this water water shall thirst again but whosoever drinketh of of the water that i shall give him so whosoever means anyone anyone it doesn't say well this particular person or that particular person anybody but whosoever drinketh of the water that i shall give him shall never thirst so he's saying that anybody that asks for salvation of jesus christ it doesn't matter who you are what you are you're gonna get saved amen that's yeah. why in, in romans 10 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved that's right so that's right so in calvinism they teach otherwise they actually teach that jesus as i said earlier in the program jesus chooses who he wants to get saved and the rest oh just go to hell come on bro dude it, it, it's very it's it's very bad you know and a lot of people you know when they get saved they don't they don't have that calvinist mentality until you know afterwards where they start reading stupid teachings and, and just to just go off the deep end you know it would be good and wise for us to remember how we got saved like man i didn't want to go to hell and ask jesus to save me you know right. so anyway for whosoever drinketh of the water that i shall give him shall never thirst but the water that i shall give him shall be in him a well of water springeth up unto everlasting life right. salvation is everlasting when god gives you something eternal he's not going to take it away it's not like, well, this is going to expire after 10 years, then you're unsaved. No way, brother. Once saved, always saved. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither uh, neither come hither to draw. Uh, bro, I don't think she really believed yet. I think she was still kind of in the suspicious mode, right? She's yeah, like, okay, you have nothing to get the water, so go ahead and show me, <laughs> right? So Jesus, he has to do something to show his deity here okay that there's something different about this individual okay so this is what he does in verse 16 jesus, jesus saith unto her go call thy husband and come hither so you and i both know that jesus is all-knowing that's one of the attributes of jesus christ he knows everything okay that's right. that's right that's right he knew oh yeah right so 17 the woman answered and said i have no husband okay now she's being honest Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and whom thou now hast is not thine husband. And in that thou sayest truly. I am always fascinated with how Jesus treats women in the Bible. I really am. It convicts me because, um, bro, when I was a teenager, there was some young ladies that used to attend my, actually they still attend my church. Remember? You actually act like you don't know what I'm talking about because you actually better. But... <laughs> But there's a particular young lady that I'm thinking about right now. God changed her life, bro. Right. And she used to be one of those girls that, you know, my dad warned me about. I stayed away from her because she was way too promiscuous and it's short in the life. I mean, baby after baby after baby. I'm like, bro, come on. You can't learn your lesson the first time. But it, 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 it's, it's amazing now how she really gave her life to the Lord. And to this very day, she's in church. And her kids are in church right now, faithful. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a blessing to me. But growing up, man, 
I think I could have been a little bit, I, I know that I was trying to protect myself from that because, you know, I was protecting myself from promiscuity, but man, I'm going to be honest with you, I looked down on them. I was like, man, you're just, you're just a harlot, man. I mean, look at you. And instead of just simply just keep my distance but saying, hey, good morning, how are you doing? And that's it. Keep my distance. Right. If you look at Jesus here and his reaction, this woman, she had relationships with five different men. Right. And, it, it, you know, I think we just need a little bit of compassion sometimes. I mean, at the same time, we got to be really careful how we do things. You know, you know, if we have to counsel women, let the, if, you know, God call, calls us to pastor, you know, church, you know, woman counsel, the woman, mm-hmm. you know, and if the woman wants to talk to us, the wife has to be, excuse me, the wife has to be in the room. You know, yeah. the woman's crazy and she accuses of rape. At least we have a witness. You know what I mean? But, but, but again, Jesus is so nice to this lady. He was nice to Hagar in the Bible. Okay. When he, yeah. when he showed up as a, in my, in my opinion, a Christophany. Okay. Uh, he was, he was nice to that woman. Remember the lady that, that, uh, was caught in adultery. They basically, I think they set her up and yeah. they threw her before Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Bro, he was teaching the Bible and they threw this woman. Could you think about it? It's so undignified. She she probably wasn't even dressed right. Okay, because they caught in the very act and they threw her right before Jesus in front of everybody. Could you imagine if Pastor Creed was preaching and then some woman got cast in front of us? Like, it, you know, it was like, oh my goodness. What's it? it would be like, we'd probably run out of the room because it's so uncomfortable in there. Oh, but yeah. Jesus was oh, next. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was like, I was looking at you and church like, oh man, we got to get out of here, man. This is this is uncomfortable. And the Pastor Creed has to deal with that. Pastor Creed, you're on your own. <laughs> what you know? Security. All right. Jesus says, is, is it actually? then verse 19, the woman saith unto him. Now, this is when she starts, her eyes start opening up. The woman saith unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. She's like, wait a minute. Because she knows that these prophets back in those days, they did some really cool things, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah this actually reminds me of, uh, of, the, of uh, the disciple Nathan, Nathaniel, who was under the fig, who was uh, praying oh, yeah. under the fig tree. And uh, and Jesus pretty much told him, yeah, I, I know you. You were praying under the fig tree. And right then and there, immediately, he was like, yeah, you, <laughs> I believe you, you, you're you God. You're the Christ. Right. You're the Messiah. Because how would he know that unless he was seeing it in spirit? He was with him in spirit to see that. And only, as we know, God can be in spirit and everywhere at once. Amen. So, yeah. Yeah, that. yeah that's, was, that's, that's uh, something. Yeah, he was like, Behold, it is like indeed in whom there is no gal. And Nathan is all shocked. He goes, Nathaniel goes, Nathaniel saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered, said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And he was like, What? Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. That's right. And you know, he was like, Oh, <laughs> you're gonna see greater yeah. Oh. Do you remember when Jesus, I thought this was pretty cool. So in the, Jesus says this to Nathaniel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt mm-hmm. see greater things than these. And he's, Now check this out. This is astonishing. I don't know why he told Nathaniel this, but it reminds me of Jacob. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Now, if you go all the way back to Genesis, 
chapter 27. This is crazy, right? It This is kind of the same thing that happened to uh, Jacob, right? Jacob Jacob was uh, was traveling to go. Uh, by the way, I'm that dumb. His mother, Rebecca, basically sent him out to go get a woman so he doesn't get killed by Esau. It was like a traveling trip, you know? I could be wrong about that. But the way she set that up, give me a break. That's how women do things sometimes. <laughs> All that sneaky stuff. I feel bad for, for Isaac. Man. That guy. Okay, I think yeah. it's Genesis 28. Okay. Jacob and Rachel. No, it's not 28. It is... By the way, I was thinking about something. You ever heard of Yom Kippur? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of Yom Kippur. So the first time um, the Syria, and, I, I, and I, I could be wrong about this, but for me, the first time I, I heard the word Syria mentioned in the Bible was in association with Laban. So yeah. this the Syrian, the Laban, the Syrian. And those mm-hmm. idiots, man, in the Yom Kippur War, so Syria is a little bit above Israel, and then you got Egypt on the bottom towards the left, if you look at the map. Those idiots attacked Israel. So I'm like, man, Laban's descendants attacked Israel. I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay, wait, wait, I think, yeah, Darren, what, what, um, what passage are you looking for? Are you looking at where it talks about Laban? at the one where he was in the field somewhere, right? Oh, uh, Jacob? Jacob, yeah, help me find that thing. And then he wait, saw God descending from heaven on a ladder. Mm-hmm. Rebecca answered prayer. So I cannot find it. If I can't find it, I'm just going to move on. Okay, so Esau sells his birthright. This is right here with the pottage. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, I went all the way back to Isaac. Esau begs for a blessing. Behold, the Lord stood. Oh, here we go. I found it. It's Genesis 28, 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God. No, right here. 12. And he dreamed and dreamed and behold, a ladder is set up upon earth and the top of it reached heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. So I'm like, so he did that. And then in, in John chapter one, Jesus mentions that to Nathaniel. I just thought the correlation was pretty cool. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never saw that. Okay. So anyway, I'll stop right here. Right. So, you know, a whole story. Um, the woman answered and said unto the husband. Oh, wait, I'm in John four. Yeah. yeah. yeah, you, yeah. You, didn't have, you didn't have the, you know, you're not married. And, and, and she's like, whoa, this guy knows about my personal life. And as you know, she dropped the pot. She's like, yo, this is, you know, Jesus admits that he is the Messiah. Jesus says unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship, you know, not what we know what we worship for salvations of the Jews. That was a job to give salvation. But right. the hour cometh now today there are so mm, they, they, man. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Man, you gotta be safe to be worshiping Christ, man. You cannot do this in your own fleshly power. That's right. That's right. That's right. And even Shoot, even going back to uh, what Pastor Creed was talking about a couple of, uh, a little while back when he was talking about in order to uh, understand things spiritual, you have to have spiritual understanding and you have to have, or basically the same as uh, spiritual discernment. 
So it's like, yeah, if you don't, if you're not of the spirit, you will, you don't understand how the spirit works. So yeah, that's important, man. It is important, you know, and not everyone, like you can't just like the norm, like the regular person who is unsaved can't read the Bible and fully understand, you know, what it is talking about. And as we were just talking about, even with uh, the Pharisees back in that day, you know, and I, shoot, I don't mean to jump, jump ahead, but this really, really hit home. And, uh, in John chapter 7, verse 27, where it talks about how be it, we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. So pretty much, you know, they knew that Christ was coming. They knew that, you know, the Messiah was on the way. And here it is, because they were not of the Spirit, they didn't even recognize him when he was standing right in front of them preaching uh, doctrine. They thought that he was of the devil. You know, and they, you know, they talked about, they knew, they knew him, but because they weren't of the spirit, they weren't able to have that discernment to realize, wait a minute, dang, this is, this is actually, this is the Messiah. Like this lady, like the, uh, lady, the, uh, the lady of Samaria and same with, uh, even most, a few of his disciples as well. And even the other people that he healed, you know, they were able to see, man, this is, yeah, this is, this is God who just did this. You remember, you remember um, when Jesus said, at least believe me for my miracle sake? Like, mm -hmm. if they at, at least just believe, you know what? I'm just going to believe this individual here because he did some amazing things. I'm just going to believe on him. That that would have been enough for them to get saved. Because, you know, for a lot of them, th th they didn't believe that Jesus is God. Mm -hmm. Right? So I have to look at it again. But it was kind of a merciful thing. Like, at least believe me for my miracle sake. At least that. That would be enough. But they didn't believe it was God. And then the, the, the scary part of it is, right, you're going to, so you're in John 7, right? When you jump into John 8, bro, Jesus says something. He said, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. What Jesus was saying, look, I'm God, right? You're going to eventually hit John 10. He said, I and the Father are one. So if you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're going to die in your sins. A lot of, there was, um, I, one of these days I need to send you the footage. Okay, so there's a, a Muslim, I don't know what you call him, some teacher out there. I actually heard him at the hospital Wednesday night. That's it. I, I, I recognize his voice. Some, idi some idiot behind me was listening to him. Okay. And, you know, that's how they, they talk all the time. And he was saying that, yeah, we believe that Jesus existed. But if you believe that he's God, you're in trouble. He said, they were saying that Jesus is not God. Now, this, the thing about it is, if you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're going to hell. Okay, you go to John chapter 9, right? Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, thought yeah. the, I think the thing went out for some reason. If you go to John chapter 9, right, when Jesus healed the um, the blind man, okay, what were, they, what were the Pharisees saying? They were saying, give God the praise, not this man. Okay, uh-oh. What they were saying was, Jesus is not God. Okay, and then the blind man had to keep telling them, like, uh, hey, you've never seen this before. Okay. By the way, hey, he knew bi biblical. He knew the Bible too. Okay. And that was because, because of his parents taking him to the synagogue. And because his parents did, didn't want to get kicked out of the synagogue, they actually disowned the dude, their own son, because they were like, he's of age. Ask him. Okay. And then, man, bro, when you get to John chapter, um, 
Now you got to call me and let me know what you get out of that. Because that thing is so explicitly vivid. It's, it's When you read that, bro, it's going to be like you're actually there watching it. That's how clear that thing is. So they threw him out of the temple, right? So his parents are still in there. Can you imagine the parents watching it? And they picked him up and threw him out because he said, you know, are you going to be his disciples? Um, you guys know that this has never been done before where a man got his sight back. And they were like, you teach us? And they picked him up and threw him out because they're so prideful. And then Jesus found him and he said, hey, you believe? And he's like, he said, show, hey, show me the Lord. I mean, who's the Lord? And he says, I am he. And then the guy started worshiping him. Okay. Mm. So, I mean, he believed instantly, right? Right in front of these Pharisees and they still didn't believe. Yeah, I, well, you think you and I would have been like that, man? I mean, we see, we're, we're back in those days, man. And then we see a guy get his eyes restored. Everyone knows he's blind. And then we're still sitting there like, yeah, we're not going to believe it. That, that is, isn't that scary? And it's scary for, and it happens today. In churches like ours, Elijah, there are guys that grew up in church, okay? Sitting there, hear, heard preaching about the gospel message. Let me tell you, man, when I heard about hell, I believed instantaneously. I had no doubts that there was a hell. I'm serious. And I thank God for that. But there's people that I grew up with, they did not believe. And bro, they're not saved. And the problem with them, did you know the Bible says that hell is going to be hotter for them than the person in the jungle that has never heard the gospel before? The Bible says too much is given, much is required. Right. Because they heard the gospel over and over and over again, it's going to be harder for them than someone that didn't hear nothing. So, hey man, let's get late. I don't want because I know you got to get up early for work tomorrow. What 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 did you get out of John chapter four? Because you know she when the, when Jesus said, "I am He that speaketh to thee," she dropped her pot. She pretty much left. And she believed, and everyone got saved in that village. So, what did you get before we go to bed? Uh, I'll say just from so it's you know it's two stories too. That's uh. That's uh that's in John chapter four. That's the the Samaritan woman and the the man that uh the noble man's son that Jesus healed, too. That before he even got to the the boy, the messenger or the noble the noble man's son or the noble man, um oh, the yes, father sir. yeah the father of the noble man's son right <laughs> or the no yeah the noble man, um as he was walking back they had told him like yeah hey like yeah your your son is already healed and he was like man. And then he asked, you know, what time were uh, was he healed? And uh, and pretty much around that same time when Jesus told him, uh, "Thy son liveth," that was the hey, same time the that, that the boy's you, fever you, um, had, had went down. I'm sorry to cut you off. Could you read it for us real quick, so the audience knows what uh what this is? It's, it's John chapter forty three, all the way down, if you don't mind. Yes. He said, started at John chapter 43, all the way down, I just read this. Uh... Yeah, John chapter 4, verses 43, and then through 43 through 54. That way they they get a, you know, they can see what's going on here. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, with, yeah, Jesus healed the noble man's son. Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet had no honor in his own in his own in his own town, his own country. So pretty much that a prophet is not accepted into his own his own country. So Jesus wasn't accepted where he's really from, right? right? Which, is, which is kind of crazy. So then when he 
was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him. Having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus again, so so Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick of at Capernaum. So also too, right? That was the first miracle that was recorded. Jesus turning water into wine at right. that uh, the wedding in the land of Canaan. Right. Right. And then so pretty much fast forward right jesus is back in uh uh canaan and it was a man that was in uh capernaum at the time where his son was sick that's a nobleman so let's far, for, fast forward back uh or let's skip forward to uh 48 then jesus said to him except ye, ye see signs and wonders you ye, ye will not believe so he was telling the nobleman that unless you see a miracle you're not gonna believe that that i'm god Right? right, and the nobleman said unto him, "Sir, come down. Here, my son, my child, my child died." So, before he even, without the man even seeing, right, just from hearing that Jesus healed people and brought people back to life and uh, and performed miracles, he believed just from that. He didn't even need for Jesus mm. to show him a sign, which is really good, right? That right. same with same with uh, well. With the Samaritan woman, just a little, right, a little different. He had to actually, you know, perform a miracle, which was for telling her past, even though they didn't even, or she didn't even know him. She didn't know him from, you know, from Adam, pretty much. Like, she did right. not know who, who this man was that she was talking to. And Jesus obviously was, you know, giving her hints. But she was just like, uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> Right, and then she tell him, then he tells her, hey, yeah, you actually got five husbands. You actually had five husbands, and he's like, she's like, whoa, what? So, fast forward to back, to, so back to uh, verse, uh, yeah, back to the chapter uh, four of John in verse uh, fifty-one, where it says, "Now he was going, now going down." The servant met him and told him, saying, "Thy son liveth." Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend, and they said unto him, "Yesterday at the seventh hour." The fever left him. Wow. So, so the father knew it was at the same hour, right? Peep this. The father knew it was at the same hour which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and himself believed in his whole house. His so whole house. Just, from, just from that one exchange, right, with Jesus, like the very moment when Jesus told the man that, hey, yeah, you, you know, your son is pretty much good. He, he's, he's good again. He's healthy. Back to normal. At that same moment, right? And because obviously the man believed before Jesus even did the miracle, that in itself, so that just goes to show that, you know, just a, just a little bit of faith, not a whole lot, just a little bit of faith, right? And Jesus is, is enough for him to not only save you, but, you know, but to really, really, really bless you, you know? And obviously, as we know, you know, blessings from God is by far the best blessing, you know, and Amen. we even... Fast forward to Jacob, you know, he wrestled an angel, wrestled God for 12 hours Jeez, so he could get blessed. So that just goes to show the, the importance and the emphasis of God's blessings and the power of his, of his blessings. So just from reading uh, John chapter four, that was, yeah, that was the main thing that, that stuck out, that, that really stood, to, stood out to me was um, that having, yeah, having faith in, in God, having faith in Jesus. It goes a long way, 
and it can really, and it will. I'm not just gonna say it can. It will. Amen. Really, it, it will really help you. You know, and shoot, yeah, just help you to actually have something worth living for. Amen. So, yeah, that's what I got out of it. What did you get? Why, for me, it makes you like the question that popped up in my head. You know, after uh, you read. By the way, thank you for reading that. Um. Is how come, all right, this is just me being me, right? This is me asking questions, honest questions. How is it that the nobleman, he can believe this, right? And he got saved. Even his family, his household got saved because, the you know, they believed, okay? You know, this, you know that's what John 3.16 says. You serve, you know, if you, if you believe, you should be saved, right? All right. So you got the Pharisees. They see miracles like this, man. How is it, even Jesus asked the question, you know, how is it that you don't believe? Because you don't want to hear it. You don't even want to listen to it, rejected it. What's so hard about believing that? I mean, this is cool stuff. Do you remember when um, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? And dude, all right, they even had a meeting. Yo, Lazarus has risen from the dead. Mind you, they don't deny the miracle. You know, I think I think it, that might have been the same passage where where it says why why here and then there was this is a great thing. I have to go look at it and study it. But what I'm saying is they did not deny the miracle. They didn't deny that Jesus did it. But they're having counsel like, okay, we gotta go kill Lazarus so people don't believe. We gotta go take Jesus out. What is wrong with them? You, you get what I'm saying? Like, dude, if you and I were right there, right, and we see Jesus go over there and go. Um, Lazarus. What, what did he say, by the way? Do you remember what he said? I forgot, I'm so tired. I forgot what he said. He said, he said come uh, forth, Lazarus. Yeah, come forth. Yeah, I was say, I'm pretty sure he said, come forth. Something like that. I have to go look. Yeah, <laughs> the he, audience he, is yelling at us now. So what? Yeah, I'll say, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he prayed to God and was like, um, he had pretty much acknowledged that God always hears him. Right? He was like, you know, I I got to go back to it. I don't want to just, throw, you know, throw yeah, something. If you want to go back to go back to it. And he was in the grave for about, what, four days? Yeah, four days. Because, yep. you know, did you know, did you know, my dad was telling me this. Did you know scientifically that on the fourth day, that's when the body rots? Yes, I've heard that. I've heard that, too. And yeah. I think that was a big he reason why Jesus did it on the fourth day instead of the third. Right. So, you know, you guys see that. You know, but oh man, this this is the Messiah, the promised one. This is Christ for real. This is the Christ, the anointed one. That's what Christ means, anointed. anointed. Right? Yeah. Jesus means savior. Christ means anointed. It's his title. And you're like, yo, we gotta believe. And these idiots over there, oh man, we gotta go kill Jesus. We gotta go kill Lazarus because Lazarus is evidence. Man, you know what? I think they were demonically influenced somehow. I, I don't know. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say they're demonically influence we just know that their hearts were hardened for sure you know yeah, and they, they were really yeah go ahead what's that what were you about to say okay uh yeah no yeah we know that their hearts were hardened they were very very set in how and what they believed which was obviously the the relig like the religion portion of it even though you know they they stood by something that they didn't even really believe in uh -huh. which is crazy <laughs> It's like, how you going? Why would you stand? Why would you even? Why are you promoting something that you don't trust, that you don't believe in? That does not. That don't make a whole lot of sense. But that that just goes 
to show, you know, the dangers of, you know, like really, really, really trying to uh, be, be, be religious, you know, instead of spiritual and seeking a relationship with God. Yeah, that's a good point that you raised because they, 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 they were seeking the Messiah to come, right? And uh, they just didn't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Even to this very day, the Jews, some of these Jews out here, you know, I only have, did you know I only have, I don't have a, I, I really don't have a lot of Jewish friends. I only have one. And he believes that Jesus Christ is the, is the promised Messiah. And I asked him his testimony. I said, how did you get saved? He said, he started reading Matthew. Wow. And you would like this guy, man. He is a freak with the weights, man. He's like, what? I think he's 50 now, but he doesn't look 50. He's that. He's a fit dude. I have to send you his Instagram, right? But but yeah, I, I mean, man. But the rest of them, they're very hard to witness to. Did you did you find it? What he said? He said Lazarus come forth, right? Yeah, no, I did not. I did not actually. Yeah, we. I said like, yeah, no, I, I didn't. I gotta go back to uh, where's that found in the Book of Mark? I would assume. Or uh, let me look. I bet the audience is looking at us. You idiots! It's this chapter. I was like, bro. Just chill. We're still learning. <laughs> uh, John chapter 11, 43. Wow. All right. Yeah, yeah I said, yeah, you, you can go ahead and read it, man. Uh, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, there's this is just an opinion of some Bible scholars, bro. But I, I, maybe you've heard this too. Some Bible scholars believe that if Jesus said, Come forth, all the dead would have rose up. Instead of him, because you know he is the resurrection and the life. Okay, so and he so his words. Are, first of all, this is the being that spoke the world into existence. The same being that said, "Let there be light," because you already know what John chapter one says, where it says, "By him all things consist." That that which indicates that he was the one that created everything. And the word create, by the way, you know, today we use the word create wrong. The word create means to make something out of nothing. That's what Jesus did. So his words are so powerful. If he had, he said, come forth the whole man, everything, everyone will be rising from the dead. That's, that's what they were saying. So I think it's true. So anything, anything else for, um, we, we basically crash into the bed and sleep and have weird dreams like I did last night. I had a weird dream. But uh, anything, anything else we'd add? No, no, that's, that's it, man. It was, yeah. Praise the Lord, man. Good talk. Good talk. I, that was a blessing. Hopefully, be, whoever stumbles upon this will, you know, will be blessed by how amazing the Bible is. And, and Jesus, I know you're in the podcast with us. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Lord. <coughs> Man, I think I swallowed some. <coughs> Lord, we thank you for how amazing your Bible is. You know, like I called Elijah. He was already reading before we did this. He was studying his word, the, your word in John chapter 7. Marissa and I, my wife and I were studying word. Lord, we can't get enough. And we're really glad that you gave it to us. <clears throat> that, you know, we can just dissect it, study it, and learn more about you, Jesus. So, Thank you. We don't deserve it, but thank you for giving us your Bible. And then we can discuss it on technology like the podcast. Because, you know, Lord, you said in Proverbs, you like witty inventions. So thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So.
thank, thank you, Elijah, for coming on this program, man. I, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing what God showed you tonight, too, from the Word of God. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me there, man. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No problem, bro. All right, how do I get out of this? Oh, yeah, there's a power button up here, so let's see. All right. Hit this thing, and then it says, and all right, good night, bro. Take care.